welcome to F-Size. That was Paul. And that was Jason. And this, this is F-Size. This is the Cyber Humanity Podcast. We're going to focus on the human side of cybersecurity. Yeah, and thanks for joining us today. For our tens and tens of listeners out there, which, by the way, is why I'm wearing a collared shirt, because once we hit double digits, I decided to dress up for all of you. Um, we have a great show for you today. Shh, Paul, shh. I, I don't think you should be sharing the agenda for the show. Oh, like what? What do you mean? Well, if, if you if you share the agenda, hackers might know what we're intending to do, and they could use that information to attack us. So, you know, don't share too much, man. That's a great idea. We should not be sharing ahead of time. It should almost be. Oh like, my god, you took the bait! I'm messing with you, Paul. I'm totally messing. No, it should with be you. like the Starburst that were like you get to discover the flavor uh, uh, after you after you bite into it. I love you, man. We're going to dig into this very topic today. Well, so, uh, you know, for for those of you at playing at home who may not know, share a little bit about why why we chose F-Sides, because I think for the random person, like F-Sides, what does that mean? Can you share a little bit about that, Jason? Yeah, absolutely. So F-Sides, it, it's a bit of a double entendre with you know, without the risque or indecent part of normal double entendres, maybe something more clean, like the from Jack uh, Wilde's "Important to Being Earnest." If you get that double entendre, very famous joke. So a clean double entendre. Oh, that was a dry one, uh, Jason. Was, that was tough. You're gonna have to work on that delivery. Go ahead. <laughs> Where's my drum beat roll? But um, bump. It um, it's really it's a play on B sides. Paul, you're familiar with B sides, right? Yeah. So um, you know, th that's a great point, out, Jason. Because the B sides are a alternative cybersecurity conference. So, you know, the uh, some practitioners, some security practitioners out there got together, you know, they saw the standard security conferences were becoming very corporate-y and, you know, the standard type of vendor presentations and, you know, things that were very focused on commercial side. Well, this group got together and made B-sides, which is the alternative to the corporate conference and some of them um, align directly to the big very very large security conferences and they have their own it's usually um, in fact not not usually it always is um, user generated content you get experts who share um, it's not always as polished um, which is good right because you're really having it feels very conversational so it's it's an alternative to the corporate security um, conferences that have been exactly more and more right. More. Thanks, Paul. So, so that's one entendre. Oh, hold, please. We, we have one of our ten of ten callers in. Ah, they're, they're asking what is an entendre. Well, for for those playing at home, an entendre is actually French for understanding or hearing. So, double entendre means a double understanding or a double meaning. So, case closed on that. Scully, thank you, caller, for calling in. You've been great. Uh, the second part of that entendre is not only is it like the B-side, which the entendre to that is that it's the B-side of a record. By the way, did you know that Erotic Cities by Prince was a B-side? I did, I not, did know not know that. And plus, by the way, I feel so like was, I learned some French today. So I feel like I'm almost filled up with learning. So just FYI. This is a walking encyclopedia of a show. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and did you know You Can't Always Get What You Want by the Rolling Stones was also a B-side? Crazy. Did not. We should go through together one day and pick out all, like, all of our favorite songs that turned out to be B-sides. I bet you there's a lot of them. Those hidden gems. Which there is. Feels like kind of what we are. I don't know. So you notice it's B-sides. Yeah. So what does the F stand for? Great. Another, maybe this should be triple entendre. So 
maybe, maybe much like, you know, the number 42 from the computer Deep Thought is response to the ultimate question. This is a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy reference. It can mean whatever you want it to mean, Paul. Ah, no, I hate that answer. That's actually the worst sales answer ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, what do you want it to do? Yeah. <laughs> you tell us. Okay, thanks thanks for that bad. product demo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, F is meant to represent fun. And you might be thinking, wait, isn't it the Cyber Humanity podcast? Like H? H sides just did not sound great. But fun did, and F can be whatever you want it to be. So H sides just didn't have a good ring to it. We want this to be kind of more of a fun podcast. Um, plus, I tend to cuss a little bit, you might catch on to. What? We're going to have to make sure we got good no. editors to bleep that out. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm telling you, um, a well-placed F-bomb is a key leadership tool. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, change <laughs> well, this topic because I have a feeling you're going to start sharing all the words that you believe are good leadership tools. So um, this week's conversation is um, a little bit of a serious one, but we're gonna you're, you're going to hear two different views and are, in fact, some of our views may be similar, but, you know, it's different perspectives on sharing within the cybersecurity community. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. And, uh, you know, care, for those of you that grew up um, during the Care Bears era, you'll remember sharing is caring. I don't remember which Care Bear that was. I should look that up. Cause, or was it the whole... When are the Care Bears coming back? My Little Pony just hit it big through the stratosphere oh, of pop culture. The Care Bears need to make a resurgence. The Care Bears were actually there. kind of fun. I mean, I never had one, but at least they, you know, I like uh-huh, them. Sure you did. I, I, mm-hmm. I really did. Um, but I thought they were cool. Um, so, you know, the sharing is caring is is interesting. But, you know, let's we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, our perspectives on sharing within the cybersecurity community. And, you know, there's... What sharing? Yeah, well, sharing information, sharing attacks, and, you know, so forth. So this it should be interesting and just, again, two different perspectives. And, you know, we, we, we're, we're going to have different views. But in the end, it's all for a common goal of securing our organizations. And, you know, eventually we're going to have to come to a conclusion because there is a... Hmm, is that the disclaimer that you're playing nice, Paul? Because okay. I kind of don't... Okay, all right. Jason's always calling me out for putting too many cats so in the So I, <laughs> I, I, I love that you, were a f- that you said there's, there's the sharing that goes on in cybersecurity. My hypothesis, thesis, argument, debate topic is that there is nowhere near enough sharing. And I get frustrated that there isn't enough sharing. And here's the analogy I'm gonna use. My neighbor's house gets broken into. The company next to me is a small to medium sized business. My neighbor's house gets broken into, but they're not gonna tell me how they got broken into because it's under NDA and it's confidential. And oh, if I tell you, you might go tell a threat actor or another hacker out there that someone else, someone's gonna break in. And I just call BS on that. And I think that's a problem with cybersecurity today is that we're not sharing TTPs with each other close to the event or even after the fact. So many attacks happen out there that just aren't shared. Um, share what TTPs are for, like explain that a little bit for our, Jason likes to use big fancy words. So let's go ahead and I'm going to have you explain. <laughs> Those are called acronyms, Paul. Yes, big fancy acronyms. And they're just as bad. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> they're just as bad when we use acronyms, you don't understand. <laughs> TTPs stand for tactics, techniques, and processes. So it's it's like how that burglar, it's basically how that burglar broke into that house. What did they use? Oh, they used a crowbar. Uh, they cased the joint. That could be a tactic. A technique is they wear all black. And a process is that they have a common crowbar that breaks off the lock because they know the brand of the lock. So TTPs are an often way to classify the bad guys or hackers out there of how they get into our stuff. And if you're trying to protect your home, you want to know what they're going to do to break in. Oh, they're going to break glass? I should get a glass alarm sensor 
to detect that. Or if they're going to come in through the roof, Santa Claus style, you're going to want a defense that blocks your chimney from access from bad Santa Clauses. So thanks for sharing all the techniques that burglars use. We appreciate that um, in the podcast. (laughs) Do not try that at home. Um, But, you know, from a security perspective, though, you know, for those of us that have been in the field for a long time, especially starting in the government sector, you know, sharing an ex-military. Yeah, I was a for. Uh, I'm, I'm a Marine, right? Um, and not a, a non-active duty Marine. Um, you know, I spent eight years in the start of my career, and you know, you're not sharing, especially outside of the organization, is not something you do, right? You're you're taught to keep the information closed because the the enemy could use it to exploit it. So you know, with your analogy you just used, if a if a, a similar size company were to have a a breach and they share that information i i would contend and i still believe in this that it has to be controlled information sharing with a known group of people right and i think i don't know if you disagree with that um you know because you don't want the the bad people to get you know access to that information and re-exploit right yeah and and (laughs) I hear that argument often out there. I hear that that's the primary reason why, well, you can't share this because somebody could use that information. That's what legal teams or internal risk teams will always say. Enterprise risk will say, nope, you can't share that because it could make us vulnerable. I'll give my, to be honest, my personal opinion is that it has nothing to do with threat actors. It's because they don't want the company to look like they made a mistake. And that's why it's not shared. Well, it may be Not because it, it of any be little, external threat actor might get their way in. It may be a, a, a bit of both, and that's why you see legislation coming through on protecting organizations that share information. And you know these groups like ISACs, the Information Sharing and Analysis Centers that are put out for different industries that are a controlled method of sharing information with a known, authenticated group of individuals so that you can do exactly what you're saying, but not make it potentially available to external entities. Yeah, and and is that for the federal government? The ISACA? Uh, no, there's a lot. Another great, another great acronym? No, yeah, and I, told, I said what the acronym was, so you can't get me on that. It is the Information Sharing Darn and Analysis. It. I had to go and edit myself out so that I didn't call you on something. Yeah, you, you can't call me out. I, I, pre, I prefaced, I made yeah. sure. So, um, no, but these are groups. There's like um, the FSISAC, the Financial Services. There's yeah. multiple different ones um, for different industries. Now you're, yeah, and, you're and it's not fast moving enough for me. I, I think to get down to SMBs, an SMB, a small to medium sized business, will never share their information, even under ISAC, because they feel it puts the company at risk from financial, from lawsuit, from stakeholders, and it's this overprotection that is actually causing more harm to cybersecurity, in my opinion, than sharing those TTPs and sharing information with each other. It's frustrating that I, for example, if I want to go look at another person's sock, another CISO, hey, I want to come in and check out your sock. Oh, I've asked so many CISOs in my career, and it's, if I can even get it, it's mountains of paperwork, it's mountains of NDAs of, no, well, we don't really want to share that, we don't want to show it. And I'm telling you, it's, it's not because of a threat actor or worried about a hacker getting in because they're sharing that information. It's because they don't want to show, you know, be blunt. I think it's because they don't want to show how bad at cybersecurity they are or how underfunded they are. Interesting, because I would actually, the way I would see it is in highly regulated industries, there are certain criteria, depending on how you interpret it, 
on people accessing sensitive areas like your data center, which the SOC may be part of, right? I, I don't know the specifics, but there are some, there, there can be background um, reasons why. But no, you know what? I think, I think you and I agree that there should be sharing. I think you and I, the, the part that we are um, discussing or focusing on is who should you share with, right? And I'm contending that you share it with people who have background um, checks who are you know how to handle the information you're sharing so that somebody can't re-exploit it or yeah and you know I think that works great for your ex small subset of the world of highly regulated industry mm -hmm. and to be honest I think the majority of cybersecurity practitioners out there are for SMBs and not highly regulated industries let's say even five to ten percent out there are working in a highly regulated industry like that where you can have those mechanisms in place but for m the large majority of employees small to medium-sized business is the backbone of America and it's the backbone of GDP for this country. That's really what represents most of cybersecurity hacks and most of cybersecurity work. So for that portion of the population, there is nothing. And it's this overprotection that I just, you know, I get frustrated with. I actually, I, I don't have a solution, but I want to be able to go next door to my neighbor and tell them how my house got broken into. Well, and it's interesting, by, by the way, that was very, very well said. Thank you. I feel like you should have had an American flag behind you because it felt very patriotic and very, you should be running for office. Um, maybe the governor of some state, but um, yeah, I teach you a little bit, but you know, you, you bring up- A state point. of disarray. That's <laughs> yeah, <what's laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think we you know, in concept, it sounds very good, right? Now, I was actually going to ask you, said, it, Jason and I didn't talk about this beforehand, so I'm going to put you on the spot. You, you did you did caveat and say you don't have a solution, but, you know, for the actionable part of our, of our podcast, I'm going to ask you, what options would you suggest, right? Not solutions. Actually, I... I I do have a solution. That, that's a great call out. That I don't have a solution. I shouldn't have said that. I do. Because the, <laughs> there is no regulation on what we share or don't share with, with us with private companies. It's not. I, there is no law that says I can or cannot share this. I can't share personal identifiable information or PHI. That's about it. But I can absolutely share TTPs with the company next to me or another company in my vertical or another CISO that I have a personal relationship with. What's stopping me, there is no law. It's It's misconception and in, and what i believe is a misperception of risk like that we're actually going to be we're going to decrease risk by sharing that information with that CISO that i know and tell them hey let me show you how they got in and what they did once they were in yeah so i think we actually really shockingly agree because you just the solution that you had is very similar to what i what i was saying in that you should without the background check. Yeah, well, okay, not the background. Touche. No, without the background check. See, I use French by the way because I learned a French word earlier today. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you're saying share with double touche for that. <laughs> okay, so you're saying share with individuals that you know, CISOs you know, or CISOs of organizations that um, work in your similar vertical, right? So you're basically saying what ISACs do. It's just based off of your personal knowledge and relationships. Is that true? Yes. So I'm yes. the blocker for that is my are typically not mine. My, my, my team is great, but blockers for that in the industries are typically mostly legal teams, legal departments that have an overabundance of caution and overabundance of risk, and they actually tend to legal teams. In my experience, can over, easily override any cybersecurity risk assessment. When a cybersecurity CISO comes up and says, look, I think this information needs to be shared with them. I want to share this TTP out. 
legal typically will say no because they feel it puts the business at risk. It depends on the organization, right? If they've had high litigious risk in the past. Like I've I've worked with some attorneys. But but I'm arguing that that's a majority of organizations out there. I've worked with some attorneys who are incredibly supportive of security and and get it, right? Um, I, I really work with some who would actually suggest, yeah, let's share it. Let's just sanitize the information that we need to sanitize to protect our customers, right? Like PII, like you said, PCI data, card information, so forth. Um, in, in organizations that have faced a lot of lawsuits, I've seen the opposite, where it's, you know, over, you know, to the point of you don't want to share anything because in the past it's been used against them. So, you know, I think it depends on the culture of the organization, but I, you know, I agree. CISO should have the ability to share the information um, with peers, you know, known peers, right? I just, you know, I didn't. From what I heard from the first part of your solution, is it sounded like you're saying let's publish it on a website, and I would absolutely argue against that, right? <laughs> like that, that to me is oversharing because you can go. To we we can, Paul. We can crank this crank this conversation up a level. Let's do that. Let's crank up to the All level right, to publication. Absolutely. I would love to see publication. Now, yeah, with the caveat that let's say I was uh, uh, um, as CISO of company Acme, we were breached. But as soon as I've sealed that hole and I've got and I'm good and I've my incident response is done and I'm protected, I I want to publish that information no as soon as I can. No disagreement because you put in a very important component. But nobody, you put, nobody's doing that. Well, agreed. Well, Maybe, hmm, interesting. They need to. I don't know. This is my God Actually, voice. Maybe that's you and me going to a conference and, and sharing that, like sharing like opinions on that. I don't know. I mean, because you put in a very important caveat that I think was probably the most important portion is once it's um, once the vulnerability or whatever was used to attack is sealed and contained, then at that point it's historical information and it's good for others to know. So I'm, I agree with that. Okay, that's great. Right. All right. Agree. It sounds like we're coming up with our <laughs> with our next framework: <laughs> private information sharing between small to medium sized businesses. Yeah. I'm on it. Yeah, awesome. Well, for for anybody else out there, um, call in. Actually, we don't even have a call in number. By the way, I did make up that whole thing about a call in. There was nobody on the phone. I probably <laughs> fooled everybody on that's watching. I know, crazy. I right? was actually surprised um, too. I wanted to hear it. Yeah. It, it, for, for anybody who's listening who has any kind of say in cybersecurity sharing, share, 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 because it's only going to help us out. That's that's my takeaway from this. Share as much as you can about what happens with attackers and how you're running your cybersecurity program with other CISOs, because it's only going to get all of us to be better. Yep. And I would say if you if you have the ability to join an ISAC, an information security analysis center, um, do it. Right, they it's it's a subscription, so you do have to pay for it. But it is a great way to share information with a known group of people, and that's a good start, in my opinion. Oh, oh I fell asleep again there with that acronym. Why are we so acronym heavy today? I'm on LinkedIn, so you can share with me on LinkedIn. Chat me up. I love it. I'd love to hear how you got hacked. I'll you know, I can't share my stuff. Yeah, no, <laughs> no I can't. I can, I can. Yeah, and I, I you know I would love to hear people's opinions too. While they can't call in. Jason, that's a feature you need to add, by the way, because I think we might get a random accidental sales call. You're a co-host. Why can't oh, you that's add true. This? But I see. I, I would get an AT and T call, like, "Hey, would you like to, you know, subscribe or something?" Or you know, I'd end up getting spam calls. Um, but no, this would, this would be good to hear from others. Please share your experiences and your thoughts. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. Hope to see you in the next episode. It's the elephant in the room.